listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Federation Nation, NAM and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our panzers flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at BattlefieldHobbies.co.uk because Hammy has had a restock and is still shipping toys. If nice dice are your vice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, our podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host, Duncan Daily Deal Addict Gosling. I'm painting checks on Thunderbolts, and I think I might have gone blind. And Lee 3P Beans Pardell. <laughs> Which the free check Air Force actually use Thunderbolts. <laughs> They do now. <laughs> Welcome to episode 26, the one without time. Lee, what is it? What are we talking about tonight, whichever night it may be, if it is in fact night? Well, I had a roast dinner yesterday, so I, I have no idea what day it is. Um, oh oh my god, about. you're freeforming. <laughs> Jesus. I thought tonight. my date drinking was bad, but that just, that just takes the biscuit. Yeah. That's like the next thing you'll be saying is you're going to have a midweek roast. Well, who doesn't have a midweek roast? Civilised people. I just don't know where the midweek is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we are tonight, we're talking about, we're doing another one of our top five. And tonight's going to be the heavy end of the market. It is tankettes. We're going to be, doing, <laughs> we're going to be doing our new um, isolation era feature, Faces, Bases, Something, Something. We're talking about what we've been painting because we can't play anything yet. Um, we're then going to do a Loose Lips Sink Ships. Actually, that's the wrong way around. We could do it. Wait, wait, wait. Go on. Um, loose Lips Sink Ships. We're going to talk about the rumours and other news that come out of the recent um, Twitch sessions about what we're doing. We're going to do Office Answers and then we're going to shoot and scoot. So, guys, dun, dun, dun. we need to lay down the ground rule. What is a tankette? I, I put a guy that's out there. I'm going by the Wikipedia definition. Basically, it's fully tracked. It's fully armoured, okay. fully armoured, air, air quotation marks, and it's got a roof. Um, no gun bigger than a 20mm and two to three crew. That seems to be the common accept definition of a tankette. Uh, and is this World War Two? I could go any period, but we could go... Okay. Because yeah, some stuff by that definition... Yeah, go on. If that, that definition of the S-tank comes dangerously close. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Well, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's not it's not five tons. <laughs> it's got a slightly bigger than twenty millimeter gun, I think. I said dangerously close. I didn't say made it. <laughs> in that, <laughs> it meets one criteria. In that it's got a, well, sorry, it's, got, it's got a roof and a crew of two. <laughs> it's got a crew of three. Yeah, exactly. Dangerously close. Your obsession with the S tank is, is giving me a thing that brings this podcast down. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the S tank. Did, did, did I send a oh, slight tangent? Did, I, did you see that thing where they were doing the nuclear testing? Yes, yeah, blast testing. Yeah, yeah, sir. yeah. That was incredible. So they were like setting off um, the equivalent of the nuclear wind if someone used a tactical nuke, and the S tank could kind of rock back almost at 45 degrees. Terrifying. Picked up. I think nuclear winds, but he's got yeah. post curry, post curry environment and more play noise. But, uh... yeah, oh. oh, it's a hot ash right. cloud. So who's going first this time? I can't remember who went first last time, but I think I went first last time. Oh, we're just going to try. And make, we're going to make it interesting, won't we? To the person 
We're going to take a point for each unique answer someone gave. Oh my god. I only know a few. So I'll, I'll, I'll be keeping track of who, what everyone says and we can work can, out who won. Can, can I get away with things like um, that Polish one? Yeah, a little bit more detail. Okay, all right. If you give it the That's flavor of unit card number, then yeah. If you've got a stock code, that works. Oh, jeez. I want to struggle with this. Okay. All right. Well done, goes first in that case. <laughs> I, oh, bloody hell. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try for the Panzer 1. Because I reckon the Panzer One is a tankette rather than a tank. I, I don't know may, if that's true, but it feels no, like it should be. I think it's one of those things just crosses where um, it it could be argued as a tankette. Because it's got Probably, it's got the right gun, it's got yeah. the right weight. Yeah, it's probably right at the top end of that weight category, but yeah. It's fully so, armed. So, fully so not, so not, so not the Panzer One F. Yeah, that's right, Alex. Could be well overweight. <laughs> No, I'm checking. I was thinking about the the A two E. Yeah, so the one's got right. some special for one year battles of France. That yeah. Kind of thing, yeah, I think I think that's definitely a tankette. And it's a good. And the I had it on my list, so you, damn it. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was. It's the first thing that sprang to mind with the twenty mil cannon. To be honest, that yeah. was fully enclosed. Yeah, good one. Okay, I'll go second. Um, Shocked I, myself there. My number five is, a, is the Cardan Lloyd, which is the one that sort of sets off the trend for tankettes. Um, which, basically, one, which one's that? Is that a British one? It's a British one. Um, never adopted by British, but adopted by export users. Um, basically, it would become the basis for you to carry a later, as a, as a, in terms of its transmission suspension system. That kind of thing. But it was like an early British attempt at their um, like tankette kind of idea. So yeah, I think the Polish Polish stopped it, and um, you, various various ones that come later on the list are actually variations of a theme on that um, using the suspension system, that kind of technology. Ah. I don't I don't want to set a precedent, but the, the Polish seem to do, to really like a, a, a tankette. They're cheap. They're cheap, and they act in a kind of cavalry role, which the Polish like. So right. yeah, they're people pencil. Cool. Anyway. Eddie, your, 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 your number five. I'm going to go for the L335. Oh, that's on my list too. Italian. Is that the Italian one? It is. Because you can tell it's under six tonnes because it's called an L3. So it's a three-tonne vehicle that was made in 1934 or introduced into service in 1935. Because it's a 335. Were there any of the Italian tanks over five tonnes? <laughs> No, I'm just that sounded glibber than I meant it to be. But like in in real terms, like even the M fourteen forty one wasn't that heavy, was it? Well, it's fourteen tons. Oh, is that what? Oh, is that what the designation was? There you go. Yeah, the first one's the weight. Oh, yeah. If you were to believe uh, the chieftain on YouTube, well, it's generally pretty interesting. Yeah, the weight, the weight, and then the year of introduction. Hmm. Okay. I've learned something new today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're good. Uh, okay, so Eddie's stolen the other one that I know, which yes. is the L3. That's on my list. Uh, too, so the Soviets must, 
The Soviets must have had loads. Uh, my, my number four is T-40, which was a Russian light tank. Wait. He skipped to red. Yeah, you did, you did your... Wait. No, I went for it. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <gasps> He's stolen it. Duncan, that was giving you an advantage. Yeah, I know, but I feel bad now stealing it. Um, <laughs> so I won't. I'll uh, I'll. I'll just, <laughs> um, what's that? What is the Polish one? Is it a TTK something? TK, TKX? TKS tankette. TKS, that's it. There. Code Lima 050. 010. So that's got to be one. I remember that. That was very early war. I remember placing one of my um, mates Polish army, and he had that was his only armoured quote unquote unit, and everything else was just a horde of angry infantry. They were quite, well, they were quite good. They were on the web store. They're in stock, apparently. Well, not in stock, but they're on the web store at least. Are they really? All the Polish stuff has come back from early war, well, including dun 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 the Polish train. The night train. Yep, and the cavalry. He says, just double checking that that's true. I know the Russian Cossacks are back. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back in black. Yeah. Early war infantry. So that's, that's yep. gonna be my one. The mounted cavalry are back. Thirty-seven pound fifty a box. Jesus. Oh, but that is the that's okay. you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve stands for that. Yeah, that's quite a bit of cavalry, isn't it? There's yeah, four to a stand think, on that. Yeah, cavalry are big models. It's fifty-two horses. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> a really rubbish stopped. racing car. Yeah, <laughs> the fifty-two horsepower box. <laughs> yeah. Like a, World War, like a World War One tank engine. It's like, <laughs> yeah. TKS. I've also got TKS tankettes. I had it too. So, yeah, well done, Doug. Oh, yes. So that there. counts. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm out now. You're, you're, I'm struggling. You're two for two. You, you, you got two league ones in so far. Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I say mine was gear B for um, T40, which is a which is a Soviet amphibious tank. Um, armor took, had is a 12 that... point... Yep. Go on. I can't. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I was going to ask, is that the precursor to the T60 and T70 in that exactly smaller that. line of tank? Yeah, so its emphasis, ah. its emphasis was on being amphibious, so they could have to rely on bridges and that kind of thing, on the basis that bridges would probably be taken out. Kind of. So it's armed, it had like a 12.7 heavy machine gun, which is quite effective, especially against other recce vehicles. And the even 44 of them were upgraded to have Katusha rocket launchers on top. It's like early versions of armored no. artillery. What? Really? Yep. I'll that must have been. Ha- Presumably, the the ca- crew weren't inside when they fired that. They got. They jumped out and it's, it's sat next to it. It's, who knows? It's, oh my forget, god! I, I had a, just an idea, um, or, or a thought. Can you imagine the, the first Katusha driver who didn't put the handbrake on when he fired it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rocket. It should be recordless, surely. Yeah, but there's going to be some friction before he gets off the rail, isn't there? Yeah, it's it's be, be, yeah, it must be like a ship or something. Yeah, it's a... going to be rolling forward. <laughs> okay, Eddie, what's your number Three, four? three. My number four is the R1 Cavalry Light Tank. 
What the hell's that? It's a Czech-designed AH-410 kit known in Romania as the R1. It was used by the Romanians in Operation Barbarossa, ah. the Vienna Offensive. It has only two crew, a driver and a gunner. Stop code is R O zero zero five. If you if you're shopping along at home, if you're shopping along at home, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's got um. So that would be a mid war. No, it's early war. It's got a side gun. It's got a light machine gun mounted to the right of the driver, and then another one. Did you just say Barbarossa was? Yeah. Early war. Hmm. I've always kind of what? objected to that classification. Yeah, I, I always thought Barbarossa really should be like an early mid-war kind of thing. But yeah, it's a war tank. It's got two machine guns. Okay. Oh, it's like oh, uh, <laughs> so, British um, what are you going to say? Oh, is that, were you last at E? Yeah, it was last year. Oh god, right, okay. So I'm guessing the T twenty six is too too heavy and it's got a forty five mil gun, hasn't it? So T twenty six is out. Yeah. What's the <laughs> Listen to Doug What's the one thing? Uh, yeah. Scrambles around. wasn't there a flamethrower arms tankette that the Russians had that there was actually an early water it was like the T thirty six or T thirty seven or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I think they used it as a flamethrower later, but I think... T- no, uh, I don't know. I, that would... Mm. Yeah. T- T27. Sorry. It, it is. Let's have a look. Does it meet the criteria? <laughs> it's only got a machine gun in, I think. Oh, that thing's tiny. Yeah. yeah I think they used it in the Spanish Civil War as well. I think yes, because I think the, the, there's a 28 millimeter version, isn't there, or, or a 20 mil version, scale version. Oh, is there? Uh, it's more for like bolt action or something. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a 20 but... one because I've seen it on the. Um... <laughs> Your little T27. They used to sling underneath a bomber. There's a picture on the Wikipedia page of it just dangling underneath. Oh my the god! What's that? How the Americans? Um... The locust, the locust um, light tank was designed to be underslung to us under a sky train, but <laughs> and when they landed, they detached the hole and then they get the turret out of the cargo, manhandled it onto the tu- onto the hole. <laughs> nice. It was, it, it was obviously not, that... not very practical compared to just putting a handle car and landing it that way. But no, does that count as air mobile? <laughs> oh yeah. Gently air mobile. I'm sure the fashion maker would have loved some on Crete, so yes, probably. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but they'd have liked anything on Crete. A slight angrier Kettengrad, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And okay. No, Kettengrad doesn't count as a, as a tank yet. Oh, okay, stole it again. Okay, so that's your number three. My number three, exploiting, sure counts, exploiting the fact we said any period, I'm going with the weasel. Which is a oh, modern oh, German. Nice, nice. I'll give you that. Yeah. Look, it meets all the criteria. Oh, it's less than five tons, 20 millimeter cannon or, or tow missile. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Tow missile. I'm going purely off the 20 millimeter armed version. I'm just saying there's a version that has a tow missile launcher instead of a 20 millimeter cannon. That, that feels like cheating. 
Yeah, I've I'm, only got a, tw- a twenty mil cannon. <laughs> I'm holding out for it appearing in the, in the West German book when the new when the new West German book rolls out. Because yeah, it's it's not air mobile or anything, is it? It's actually genuinely well, just it, like a recce, isn't it? It, will, it, will, it can it can um, yeah. I think the air mo- their air guys do use it. It will drive them to the back of Chinook. Really? Yeah. Bloody I'm not, hell! I'm not sure like any tank can drive once into the back of Chinook. This one will actually drive out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use Chinook, so. it. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Whistling along. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you sort of look at them, you think, why would you have that in the era of M1s and T70s and everything, But or T72s? But then we realise that if you've got a really thickly dense, densely, you know, dense wood... Mm-hmm. Like saying dense. Yeah, exactly. Look at you. <laughs> the Germans, <laughs> they, they never forget. Ah, Duncan, what's your number three? We've. Oh, Duncan, uh, yours, yours, my number yours. three. Mine is the TKS. Yeah, say it. Already had it. Yeah, well, it's yours, the TKS. The what? TKS. Oh, the TKS, yeah. the posting. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm running lone. There there, hmm, there's got to be a French one somewhere. There is. Because they had a tank very early on. Um, It's got to be a Renault, presumably. Yeah. Try, try mm, help you out, yeah. Go on then. Um, it's a, I had a, the Renault UE Chenoletti, uh, which is a mainly used as an artillery tow. It's that one that has that really cool, like, um, double hemisphere cupola, basically. Oh, yeah. But they, they did, didn't. They did arm some and they did market it as a light tank as well to the Chinese. So it does actually get counter tank yet. Oh. I, 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 I think they had some boot ones. Yeah. I dropped it from my list because it wasn't quite there but I'm helping you out because obviously you're trying to struggle around for a Renault yeah. so. I was going to try and that's cheat. pretty hard I was going to try and mm. cheat and get the uh, the Renault F- FT17 in but it's too heavy yeah I looked at that one when I was it, looking at my list it's got a bigger gun though isn't it as well no well there's a machine gun armed version as well as a gun armed version oh alright yeah okay yeah, yeah. the the yeah. one they had in like World War 1 and thought yeah. it was amazing yeah but it's like 16 it was <laughs> yeah no, no, that's what I mean. 1940, uh, 39.40 was probably not creaking a bit. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, it's six and a half tons, that one, so... Okay, so my number two is... Unfortunately, I, I again have been falling five of you guys getting it. Was there um, TK3? Ah. So, Eddie, your uh, My... Sorry, Dave, what? What number twos? Your number two, that's my number <laughs> oh, two. Yeah. Uh, number two. <laughs> the Type 94 TK tankette, Japanese. Oh, you bugger. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're small. They're cute. I've got Japanese. a pack of them in the garage waiting for when I do my uh, All Flames of War. Japanese army. Yeah. Tiny little Type 94. Of course, of course the Japanese had them. They, they called them tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is the smallest of the small. Okay, so number ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the United States would have had any. Yeah, unfortunately, the M2 combat car is a little bit too heavy. It has to look because the flight seven millimeters. Mm, the Czechs must have had some because they had tanks early on, didn't they? They did. Look at how that again. <laughs> You shouldn't oh, be playing God. research. 
I know I should have done. Uh, it's going to be a Skoda something, I imagine. Uh, Could be a Skoda one somewhere. Skoda, Skoda, I bet you. I guarantee it. Uh, Skoda MU4. There you go. <laughs> it was so successful it was off to Afghanistan, Hungary and Sweden was projected by all of them <laughs> you, know, you know you want to a commercial winner when you offer something to Afghanistan they go, nah we're good That's yeah, it, came, we're it came last after the Polish TK3 the cards and Lloyd so yeah, so. but yeah it's a, it's a legitimate one number built one That's so I'm, I'm going to argue that it's <laughs> <laughs> when I said number one, I didn't mean they just built one. I actually meant. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, that that's 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 a push. My number one is a Type ninety seven Tiki. Kind of like them. Not because it's probably especially good thing. In fact, is that a Japanese but, one? It's a Japanese one. Yeah. But it's just because it has the name Tiki. <laughs> tiki. So you go. My number one. That was hard. Was yeah. the tap praying mantis? The what? Oh, good one. Which is what is that? It was two built, second and final prototype, built in 1943. It's a universal carrier's running gear uh, with a central body that pivots upwards, like a like the ITV hammerhead. Mm-hmm. At the top of that, wow. it's got a brain gun machine gun turret. It's literally designed for the, the crew. Like, is it Bovington Tape Museum? The crew lie inside the the bit that pivots upwards, and you can basically drive up, pivot up over the a hedge row, and then just machine gun the guys on the other side. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that's properly niche. It's really it's such a freaky vehicle. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the like say the ITV's grandfather. Yeah, just with the bread instead of a toe. <laughs> uh, but. Crew got sick driving around it because you drive around in the normal position, laying on your stomach. Action force toilets. Action force toilets like that. Yeah. There you go. I got away with it. There you so, go. Who? That was hard. So, bizarrely, by basis, he had all five individual answers. Duncan worked. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that counts. I think I think it's me saying at the end there must have been a check one, and then, <laughs> then uh, l- looking up. Oh yes, there was a check one. <laughs> I, I don't think I can. Uh, I don't think I can claim uh, the laurels on that at all. <laughs> it's a bit like Liverpool this season in the Premier League. They're, you know, they can't claim to have won it. There's, there's still eight games left. Awkward. <laughs> oh, nice. Top five ten cats. What, what should we do for the next weeks? Next next week. Next week. I, I think, I think we should do anti tank and artillery guns. Yeah. Top five gats. Pardon? Top five gats guns. Gats. Shooter. Oh. Shoot, isn't it? Get the lungs. I feel like I've fallen into a Guy Ritchie film all of a sudden. I don't mean Aladdin. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. Loose lips sink ships. They do. Um, they so this is our new, our new sneak preview. Spoilers. 
Spoilers. There you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's unsolicited uh, gossip because we're not actually sure any of this is true. It was just mooted on some of the Twitch streams that have been um, held recently. Well, one of the guys is, the the guy runs, runs the show, so you can't expect him to know what he's talking about. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've had a lip service, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do that, Pete. Yeah, yeah no yeah, problem. Be, yeah, loads of them in plastic. Doing that. It'd be great. <laughs> We've all talked to work. <laughs> Plastic early war. Plastic early war. That's not going to happen, Eddie. It will. Have faith. What are they going to make in plastic? Uh, all those tankettes we just mentioned. Oh, my God. Plastic really? Weasel. Yeah, plastic L3. <laughs> plastic <first>. weasel. <laughs> for, for, for early war. Plastic L3. I think... Oh, no. That's not going to happen, is it? Jesus. No, but I mean, like, if you were to do it, you know, your Panzer twos and plastic would be nice. The wish listing now, because we are, there is actually, you know, genuine content here rather than. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I've, I've, no one said anything, so just rambling on. I'm just saying. Okay. So well, anyway, so um, we right. So I listened. I think you joined on later. You the actual, to the first one. Yeah, so which was Chris and Pete of Battlefront talking about. Yeah. What's coming up, um, basically, for like the next five to six months? Um, obviously, some subject to delay here and there because of the whole um, virus. Yeah. Oh, is that why we're inside? I've forgotten. Middle age plague. Remember, stay inside. Don't think I, of I your thought I was getting a lot Stay Man. inside. Don't get COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so, a lot of it was. We know the next release is going to be uh, Midwar Paris. Which we'll be looking at to come make the first when the embargo lifts. Woo! Yep. Um, and then it swiftly moved on to talking about the next Team Yankee release, which is Team Yankee Americans. And so we had a glimpse of a couple of pages in the book. So one of the pages was the new armored cavalry um, section. So we've got a cavalry section right now, which just has the M113, M901, and a bunch of tanks. This replaces the M901, M13 combination with the M3 Bradley. So we don't know what the actual platoon composition is. We just know the HQ can either be an M3 Bradley or some flavor of Abrams. You can have up to three armor platoons, all of which, but only, which can be a flavor of Abrams, but only Abrams. There's no M60 option. Oh, okay. And up to six platoons of M3 cavalry um, Bradleys. In one formation? In one formation. But we don't know if the, we don't know if the Bradley is coming twos or fours or what. So I presume it'll be twos like um, the M901s. But... You're going to have to have I would like... imagine so. Most of the. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so the mandatory requirements obviously are HQ, two platoons of Bradleys, and one platoon of tanks. And then Osin formation, like the like um, normal ones, you've got a helicopter slot, artillery slot, um, a mortar slot, and an inf- helicopter-borne infantry slot. But the helicopter slot, yep, yeah, information. Helicopter slot can be either Cobras or Apaches. Oh my God! So yeah, that's that new American starter box. Basically, lets you build a cav- a, a legit cavalry um, formation, albeit no infantry. And with a Humvee um, patrol in support. 
as a you know as like a formation as a four support option. That's the hardcore. Yeah. yeah I've been waiting nasty. for this. I've been waiting for this. Cause I want to do. Oh, I've been. I've been wanting to do a Bradley based armored armored um, cavalry platoon. So. The M nine M nine M ones I was just doing under duress. Cause I wasn't sure when the when the, when the Bradley would appear. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing them under a dress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was, that was an interesting reveal. And those we could see the stats for the M one A one heavy composition. Which is going to have a massive front armor. I think it was twenty-two, side armor eleven, oh, an, an, oh. an anti-tank at twenty-three, but at eighteen points a tank. Oh, but is there anything you can go through that front, like currently? Because um, that seems only like... the stor- only the Sturm uh, missile, Soviet Sturm missiles, and their um, oh the Storm, yeah, and the Kerry mm-hmm. missile on on the Su-25. So those things, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're flat track bully boys now, aren't they? Oh, yeah, if you can actually fit them in your arm. There's not have much of an army around it, so it's just like... Well, oh, if you can get some cheap, I don't know, cav formation. But well, that seems to be here. Yeah, now you take some. I think you're going to see these as basically being a support choice or, or like a part of a cav platoon. It's not something you're going to see anyone taking an entire army of just M1, A1s, I think. Challenge accepted. No, that's that's you, you, when you get those high end tanks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, triggered. Well, I mean, as, as a weak spot. As, West, as a West German Dutch player with our Leopard Two, we we know how how that works. That's very true. It it, it doesn't leave you an awful lot of anything else. Is the problem, no. isn't it? Usually. Yeah, we play at a massive table and play loads of points. Well, yeah, that's a way around it. You, yeah, you could. Yeah. You know, Desert Comp, you know, did a proper. So was, was there anything yep. else uh, Team Yankee esque? Oh, yeah. So, on the, so yeah, on the um, American release, there's also the, um, a preview of the new prototype um, AAI RDF LT, so Rapid Deployment Force Light Tank, which is a really That's odd the American one we saw previously. Yeah. Wonderful, the, wasn't it? Yeah. So on that on that term formation card, it got really revealed by accident. So yeah, so they showed a bit more detail on that formation. Um, so basically, it had, I think, three platoons. I should look at the picture again. Three platoons of these things, and, and up to um, five tanks in the platoon. They're relatively cheap, but we now know the anti-tank, the main guns got an um, anti-tank and 19, with a little 65 millimeter hypervelocity gun, and it's got hammerheads. That's it's a gun. Though. Because a gun can elevate, had a little elevating system, so the gun can sort of poke up above the turret. Just like the praying mantis. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, there was a preview on Team Yankee, which we finished off. One of the last previews it covered was a bit of the early stuff that's coming in the Soviet book. They didn't have the printed book, and it said it still would be finalised, so they had like a PDF of it. But they did show a picture of the um, T80 box and talked about that, saying it's. Um, be front armor. I didn't hear if it's 20 or 21. I, I, but it's going to be, you know, it's a fairly, it's going to be equivalent to like um, the newer, newer NATO tanks, basically. So that's going to give the Soviets, hopefully, give the Soviets an option not going for a horde, but actually going for like um, a quality tank if they want to. Yeah. I saw then, a, a guy posted on the Team Yankee page the fact that the Hungarian era 
um, armor mm-hmm. didn't actually have explosives in it. <laughs> it's just there for show, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so then on the actual um, World War II side, it was mostly on the SS book, which we knew a lot about from the summer briefing. And yep. then talking about the Bagration book. So there was a preview of the IS-2, which obviously Mark's gone into detail on the set website. Yep. And then um, also we know there's some discussion about what's coming up in terms of plastics for it. With um, mention of obviously the plastic um, Panzer IV 70, mm-hmm. plastic Hetzer, <laughs> plats, um, ISU 152 obviously come, comes back. So that was a previous release, if I remember right? Yeah, I've also like six yep. of those. But then showed a picture of the new Soviet of the new starter set and said everything in it is plastic. And on there was a Su 76 and the BA 64 scout vehicle. So obviously we're getting plastic Ooh. versions of those kits. Ooh. So yeah. Yeah, all, that, is, that is all. Because I've, I've got some BA 64s mm. and I've got some Su 76s, but I kind of wish I'd waited now. <laughs> some plastic kits. Well, eBay. Uh, some of the some of the plastic kits are nice. Then well, they're not all of the plastic kits are nice, but sometimes those if you've only got a few vehicles, then the resin ones are are lovely still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But not so much the the tank tracks are a pain in the ass. The metal tracks and mm-hmm. what have you. But That's painted cool, Russian though. stuff will always sell. <laughs> it's the golden rule of wargaming. Yeah, if you're painting something to sell, if it's the Soviet horde stuff, it will go. Good to know. <laughs> Just look at, look at his it. Soviet stuff in his painting parlor. Yeah, it might actually incentivize me to do now. So yeah. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I said a lot of interest in migration. Now, first another Twitch then with the guys doing the four, the um, Terra Four Gamers thing. But I didn't listen. Yeah, to well, you did, didn't you, Duncan? Well, I listened again because they kind of put it on YouTube, so I missed it the first time round. But I went back in my lunch hour the next day. And um and listen to bits we just while I was working on some other stuff, and um yeah it was it was quite interesting again too. It was Wayne Chris. Oh God, who was it? Wayne Chris, the guy in America that I can't think of his name now. Like oh what? God, that's awful. I'm gonna have to look it up. But um they were just sitting there painting and and talking about stuff. And um Casey, it was Casey. Yeah, Wayne, Casey, um, and Victor. Victor, yep. Yeah. And that was quite interesting. Just here, it's it, you know, it was just them talking about um, bits they were excited about, you know, bits they were working on, um, just kind of generally talking around. Um, but that that had some little snippets in it. You had to listen to, you know, it wasn't anything as overt as when Chris and um, Pete were talking. But um, we did, they did mention that the BRDM, that the, there was a BRDM kit coming out uh, that was potentially plastic, which would cover all of the variants as well. Because my so God, know, why was that a thing to start off with? <laughs> but yeah, with Gaskins <laughs> and sh- uh, Spandrels. Gaskins, yeah. Spandrels and BRDM2s. The recce version. Exactly. Um, that that was quite a nice thing. Then they were talking as well about progression as well. I found that this quite interesting. They said there was going to be 4034 formations. Because I know that everyone had spoken about, you know, the IS2s coming back and, you know, um, having a ticker tape parade for that. But I always quite liked the idea of just... T-3485s, and they did say there was going to be a box of 21. There was, there's definitely a box of 21, and they were saying that um, so there was going to be the Fortress Europe ones, so where you got mixed 
potentially with the 76s still. Right. And then there was just going to be T, uh, T-34, 85 formations as well. So pure T-34, 85s, nothing else. Yeah. So that was quite nice. And then we're going to have a hero and a regular version of those. Um, oh, and, I think, and I think as well, they mentioned that the... Um, the uh, Fortress Europe expansion ones would have some extra bits thrown into them, so they wouldn't quite be the exact, you know, Fortress Europe list again type thing, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And but they also said that the um, T thirty four eighty five ones would have some different support options. So I'm wondering if that's more like a kind of, you know, future proofing for late stuff as well. Right. Not sure. But um, that that's quite cool because I think the T thirty four has kind of been missed off the progression hype, and this you know that that's the tank that really did the grunt work, you know. Hmm. So it's good to see that coming back. It was it was tempting for me. I was like T thirty fours. I like T thirty fours. I've got some T thirty fours. It just happened to be German ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that that was cool. Um, what were they talking about? I can't remember now. There was there was a whole load of stuff they were talking about painting and you know how they've painted armies and how they they um, choose who's painting what for the studio stuff as well. Oh, nice. So yeah, they've been they've been quite uh, cool. I mean, that one was ninety minutes with the guys um, just talking through bits and pieces and and you know what their armies are that they're currently working on. I mean, Wayne's got absolutely everything by the sounds of it under the sun. <laughs> but um, yeah, they were talking about the. Uh, that one of the things they were talking about was like the wish listing what period they they'd want to do, and uh, Chris was quite funny because he was like, "Well, mine's already been done. That was Arab Israeli. That was me." So um, <laughs> his his wish list has already been completed. But some of the other guys were saying like maybe even ultra modern. I think I... it might have been Casey or Victor. Mm-hmm. You know, like even potentially like five years into the future. Ooh. So some some almost like paper future stuff. And they did mention Checkpoint Charlie briefly, and they were talking about if that's not a case for uh, a plastic centurion, they don't know what it is. <laughs> so they didn't confirm it was a plastic centurion was on the way. But um, look, look, the minute I, the minute I bought ten, 10 centurions, <laughs> I knew a plastic kit was going to be coming. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, the sweet kiss of uh, kiss of death there. If I bought um, the, if I bought the M48, this plastic M48 would have been coming. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I thought it was just nice to, to sit there and listen to them, and they were talk. You know, they're interacting with everyone on the on the feed as well. So they were taking questions from people and and asking. You know, people were asking stuff, and they were they were being as candid as they could be, which is you know, it's it's yeah. a side that it doesn't always get necessarily highlighted. I think. And they were talking about you know, Chris was making me laugh because he was he said that every day he logs onto um, the Facebook groups and stuff like that, and the first thing that pops up is everyone's cool hobby, and he sits there and goes, oh, "I'm at work." Hmm. <laughs> it's just, I want to be doing cool things too. So that uh, you know, it, that was quite nice. And I think they were saying that the lockdown in in New Zealand is going to persist for a bit as well. So they're going to be working from home. They obviously talked about the Malaysia factory, you know, because um, that's obviously where the mass, the main point of production yeah. is. Yeah. And that's obviously going to come back online at a different time to the studio and things like that. So and that came up know, on that... the um, Peter the Peak conversation as well. And of course, the entire yeah. supply chain is dependent on that place. And... Yeah, and you know it's it's Malaysia. It's <laughs> I think New Zealand they've done fairly well uh, containing um, and and not having it um, run right and stuff. But I think you know Southeast Asia has been hit pretty hard. So um, we just don't know. I mean, it's, it's 
I suppose it's anyone's guess at the moment when things are going to return, but um, they're doing the best they can. And it's, I think these are quite nice things to have. I mean, I think they had some teething trouble, I think, on the first one that you were on, Lee, just yeah. getting it set up in the first instance. But that's that's fine. That's, it's a new it's, thing. It's to be expected, yeah. Exactly. One, of the, one of the things they uh, talked about the first one as well um, was the fact they're doing the uh, World of Tanks crossover game. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's got pre-built, pre-undercoated tanks in to tie in with the you know the World of Tanks crowd and the fact that they just buy off the shelf. But if they if they're doing that and the World of Tanks goes well, then obviously they want to do the rest of the World of Tanks models, which so include when you say pre-painted though, they're just literally painted. Like... like the German yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Panzerfaust German grey, um, you know it's the, it's the national colours, the basic World of Tank colours. So it's like. Yep. green, grey, yellow very basic stuff um, but one of the things I did say was you know, World of Tanks, the top rank top tier German tank is, is a mouse <laughs> they're doing a plastic mouse for the World of Tanks game they'll be making some rules for stuff like that that you can use it in Flames of War as well plastic mouse uh, which was, one and, was it one and a half? One and and exploded, exploded on the uh, of the, the the group, <laughs> plastic mouse. Well, that's yeah. I mean, there there was rumour that one of them was operational against the Soviets, wasn't it? It's, yeah, it's one of those things that keeps going round. There's never been Without anything to really prove it. And it's more like your case just the Russians try to big up what they were facing, basically. But yeah, so because basically, it's I, a, I, it was, remember right, it was it was the mouse chassis with e with an e one hundred. That's speed. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, I, I've got a soft spot for those because I picked one of them up for 28 mil. Um, they're just—it's so huge. It's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, anything that's got a, well, anything that's got a coaxial 75 mil, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just bonkers. It's so bonkers. It—it it looks, it does look actually like a, a pillbox, doesn't it? On on yeah. tracks. Yeah. Because that's, I guess, broadly what it actually is. It's not, you know. Do you, actually, here's a something. So you know, like they always built a, a, a Panzer, a Jag Panzer, of every tank chassis. Would they have built? Do you think a Jag Mouse? I'm sure they would. Do you have think that was? Because they would have put on it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go for a one? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a V2. Yeah, now. 128. Where do you go for it? Because it's two. Two hundred millimeters or something like that. Like the two hundred millimeter um, field piece, basically. <laughs> Gustav. Yeah. Cog. <laughs> the <laughs> railway gun. <laughs> yeah. Casement mounted railway gun. The railway gun. I, I, know, I, know, I, everyone's, I know the, the, the paper panzers and stuff isn't everyone's cup of tea, but they, I don't think they were talking about rolling it in. It'd be kind of like a, a wild card type thing. If you, you know, you might as well, if, if they're going to make the model, they might as well let people do the what if. I mean, there's a whole, and there are games out there. People just play the 1946. You know, yeah. you only ever play the what ifs with all the Nack Jaeger and, you know, take the technology to its logical, well, not the logical, but the illogical extent, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were actually able to produce this stuff when it would turn into. But yeah, plastic pans, uh, plastic mouses. Mouses? My, mice? Mouses? Moose? Mouses? Moose. Moose. <laughs> the plastic mouses. That's, that's a Canadian heavy tank. It's the Canadian one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have we got anything else that came up on the Twitch stuff? 
Not like I can remember. That was, that was the big things that... Yeah. Also, if, if no one comes up, we'll be keeping an eye on it. It was sort of hinted that there'd be another following discussion because he said, I didn't want to reveal everything in this one. So. Yeah. I might well, that's quite a nice be... way to spend an hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't log in straight away because I was a bit busy. Um, I, I missed the first 20 minutes or so. But then when I did log in, it was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, and I actually really enjoyed, A, watching it, but then also I've not used Twitch before myself, really. But the fact that you can just create an account and, and type in messages and the guys are really responsive to it and you can see them reading and laughing. Um, it's quite funny when you see a comment come up that you knew they can talk about because it was ninja or, ninja or something. <laughs> yeah. They would then read it, start laughing, and then just ignore it and try to carry on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I just I, think it's nice because I don't think it's something they've considered before, and I think they've been, you know, nice as possible way forced to consider it. Yeah. I think it worked well. I, you know, it's quite a pleasant, um, pleasant way to spend some time if you're painting or whatever. Just hang, almost hanging out and listening. In. You know, like yeah. I said, if you type, type the old comment, you could. But yeah, um, definitely worth watching the YouTube videos as well if you get bored at home. Just catch up. Yeah, because we just literally just covered it very briefly there. So. Yeah. Um, it's nice faces. to be doing that as well them on YouTube. Sorry. I'm just saying it's nice to put them on YouTube so people can catch up. You know, you can listen again or catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Faces, bases, something and something. Well, yeah, so. I'm still going for that. <laughs> Our painting and modelling section, is you must focus. Everyone knows that when you're, when you're painting 15 mil, it's always faces, bases, something and something. It's the most important <laughs> bit to cover. Something and something. Yep. <laughs> the second something. They're the most important, important. sections. Yeah. Well, if you're not going to do those, then why even bother? Exactly. Yeah. I love the fact someone replied to one of my Instagram's posts with that as a, as a, as a statement saying they learnt, they learnt it from us. Basis, basis, something, something. So there you go. It's the second something that really sets the model off, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, critical. It's, it's critical. I think, I think a lot of people overlook that second something. <laughs> yeah, the first one's easy. I mean, that's just a given. But the, uh, the second something, you know, it just pushes it over the top. You need a second something to be counted as a pro, as a pro painter on eBay. So, you know, oh yes, on well, eBay, yes, pro painted. That, do you know what? That still gives me great joy every now and again <laughs> having a look at pro painted war game stuff. I think, there's, I think, I think there's a Reddit set up for it as well. So, Is there really? There's a subreddit oh. for um, pro painted. That is just like that's, that kind of thing. That's slightly glorious. <laughs> Um, so what have you been, been working on then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I've been, let's kick us off. I've been You've been a busy little... Team Yankee, yes. So, firstly, I, since the last podcast, I've got the Geo the Harriers finished. I was working on well, recording the last podcast. And I've gone to get my um, Operation Granby stuff started. Yeah, so, they look very nice. Yeah, the, I'll tell you what, desert camo paints up so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the way forward, desert camo. But um, yeah, so and as yeah, we know, everything looks better. Everything is better in desert camo. That is true. I think 
it holds up, I think. Um, yeah, so got the M- MLRS done. As a, they were done to test out the scheme, just work out what to do. I tried doing some like um, some prime pre-primer shading with that. Pre, sorry, pre-base coat shading. It didn't quite work out because I think the base coat just went on too thick. And so that was an early experiment to try that. I just I put it aside, ditched it. I'll come back to it on another project, I think. Um, yeah. I just went with basically a conventional dry brush and pin wash strategy. That seemed to work quite nicely. So it was just like um, put a coat of Vallejo Air Lightstone number 61 and then dry brush um, dark sand and buff over it in lighter coats. And the real thing I've done to cheat was I, I haven't painted the track separately in terms of a different colour. I just paint them the same light stone. I give them a really severe wash of sepia and non-oil, and then pick that dry pa- uh, pick that dry, uh, track pads and just dry brushed it up, so you get that kind of dusty look mm-hmm. track without any kind of extra effort. Yeah, tracks are always a pain in the ass, to be honest, aren't they? So yeah, any kind of anything you can do to sort of alleviate that headache is uh, definitely a way forward. I'm currently now working, haven't got the MLRS done and gone to Challengers. I'm now doing a detailed work on the Warriors because I'll be next on the project. All the new kit. Mm. All the sort of 90s How's kit. How's that working out? Uh, yeah, it's good. The Warriors are a good kit. It has a bit of an issue with the um, back plate having a bit of a gap on fixing. I think I've seen it on several people's ones. I'm not sure it's just like sort of off in the bits. They didn't really it's Yeah, it's just like where the, the back plate goes on, it just seems to have a, a gap around it. I'm, I'm not sure why, because I trimmed everything down, so it's just locked in quite nicely. I'm sort of just missed something. But, um, I think it's, it was a huge gap. I managed hmm. to put a bit of um, putty in to fix it. So I can't complain too much on it. But yeah, well, that's what I've been up to. It's a lot of Team Yankee stuff. So, Duncan? Uh, I've been painting my secret squirrel, which has been um, interesting. I'm currently painting the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a late war D-Day US force, um, which is going all right. The transfers have been a bit of a pig. I don't think they they keep falling apart on the Thunderbolts. I think I've run out of the side markings, the squadron markings. Right. Oh. Because um, they've just fallen apart. Oh, well, completely I'm, torn. I might have some spares I can send you. Okay, thank you. Because I think I've got one left. I've got one set left out of four. Um, mm. The the wing ones have gone a bit funny. Um, but yeah, that I painted that. Um, I painted M12s, um, some uh, M18s Hellcat. So nice, so nice models. They're so lovely. I don't know why they're not in... You can't even buy them on the store, can you, at the moment? I don't think. Not yet, no. Um, they're, they're just just lovely. Um, bit of a weird fit with the crew, cause just because the way they go in. Um, the nature of the, the little cupola at the top. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been painting those. And uh, loads and loads of US infantry. So I... I picked up as well the. I'm having a bit of a, a, a vacillation about uh, M10s 
So about whether to include the M10s or M18, you know, M18s as stand-ins or towed anti-tank guns now. Because having picked up the towed guns in the daily deals, uh, before they were a bit too expensive for what they, you know, option they gave you. Yeah. But having actually got them now and, and looking at painting them, I'm, I'm thinking, well, you save four points. You save four points on an M10. So do they make it on that premise alone? I don't know. It depends what you're using them for. Yeah, it depends what the rest of your game plan is. If you're going to be a fairly static force, it does quite. It might work out. If you're a mobile force, I think they might struggle to. Well, I was thinking about right too, but they're also ambushing. So they don't count as large guns. I found that out on the card. Um, so you can ambush with them within 16, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and they also they're hit on fours. So they're quite they're quite tough little nuggets. So even not being aggressive with them, I think. I'm sorry. What the yeah, the M10s. Uh, I can't remember now. I think they might be hit on fours as well. I'd have to look that up, but the, the Shermans I've got because I've, I've, I went for the um, uh, in my force I went for the cheaper 76 mil ones. So the ones they're hit on threes, but I like them because they rally. Uh, sorry, their last stand's better. Right. So the, the last stand I think is three plus rather than um, four. That's a small thing, but you know if you've only got one platoon of them, you kind of want them to stay around, yeah. and. I know, I know veterans is your armor, but they're, they're, they're quite expensive. I think they're like five points more for the same number of tanks. But veterancy um, with the save, with the firepower test, is even better. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. The uh, sorry, the M10s are fours, um, and the veteran Sherman are. They're 22 points for four. Whereas the regular ones are 18. So yeah, they're a point more expensive of a tank. I don't know, there's lots of bits I've been playing around with. The, the, the core is there. It's just how I take the support because that's what I painted the Thunderbolts up for in the end because going back to the thing we were talking about um, you know, with IS-2s, I thought, yeah. well, maybe the Rockets are a reasonable answer because um, the top arm is only two. What's that? So, take five for the, the Haven? Five. Yeah. It's not great, but it just gives you another option. And it, it gives you, you know, I think there's always going to be something to shoot at. You've got cannons, bombs, and rockets. You, if you can't find a target, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, you can't find a target. They haven't turned up. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe they're worth throwing in for nine points. I mean, they're not. it's not super expensive, but then it's like juggling around other things. You have to make concessions elsewhere, so... Yeah. Um, so they're game painted up. I painted up the um, the uh, grasshopper for the um, M12 platoon. So they've got their own little little recce plane, which is quite cute. Actually, this is the first time I've really painted aeroplanes. Mm-hmm. I've not really done them before uh, ever, because um, the Germans always found the Stuka to be a bit underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it just does one thing or the other, and it's quite expensive for what it does. Um, Whereas the allied stuff, I found that they're almost universally useful because they've got options. And I know they're more expensive because they have options, but you know, it is they're kind of handy. Um, yeah. I found that quite with, with mid-war with the uh, um, 
What's the mid war one? The Warhawk? Yeah, yeah. P40, P40 Warhawk. Yeah. I found that quite um, a handy piece of kit. So I don't know, I'm still playing around with it. So I've got more infantry to paint. Um, tons of that. But I've also dipped my toe into painting US camo. So that's been um, a bit of a change. What infantry so camo? Infantry camo. So yeah, not only decided to paint a brand new infantry army, which is stupid anyway. <laughs> but, uh, I decided that, uh, I, having read some bits around it, the, the unit I'm doing for Normandy um, actually got issued some of the camo. Because you're doing so, the second stake heads, weren't you? Uh, the Indian heads, yeah. yeah so the years. second infantry division. And they were apparently issued some um, on the Cotan and Brittany uh, Peninsula stuff. So uh, I found it a useful way actually to... Um, to highlight the uh, platoons. So my first platoon's got no camo figures. My second platoon's got one camo figure per stand, and my third platoon's now got two camo figures per stand. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I thought that might be a different way to just be able to, without doing something odd on the bases and mucking around with that, you should be able to see who's who and what's what quite easily. Um, Yeah. That's that's a bit of a challenge as well. I think I think because I've had more time to actually do painting, I've decided to do some stuff that's a bit out of the blue, a bit yeah. more different, I guess. Um, I must admit, you doing your Americans makes me think that when I get this when I get these warriors done, I'm basically out of stuff until the supply chain starts again. I might get my late war Americans on the go again. It's been quite nice actually to do. Um, I, I think for me, I'm definitely going to be playing late war Americans for a while because I think tactically and flexibly, they, they seem to see me better at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, I don't know, it's just, it's just been a refreshing change from painting Dunkle Girl and so <laughs> painting a load of, well, it's just a load of um, bloody green at the moment. Endless green. Green. Uh, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's been cool. I, uh, right, yeah. yeah, no, I've I've been doing um, this whole Team Yankee swing. I've been putting off the infantry because I kind of hate painting infantry. Um, I enjoy it when they're done, but considering comparing it to doing armored vehicles, it just seems like such a long a long thing to be doing. Um, <laughs> so I've been putting it off, and I finally finished my. Team Yankee Polish Infantry Company, which was the oh, big cool. mega box set, which has sort of 27 stands of infantry. Right. Yeah. It's the huge one, which, even, which isn't even the biggest selection. So when you buy the, the you can infantry do more. company, you could do more if you wanted to. Wow. <laughs> I've, got, I've got enough infantry to fill 10 BMPs. I think the biggest selection choice goes up to like 15. Jesus. But it was enough, yeah. And then you've got the squadron of um, not sp- not Spigot, not Saga. What's the AA? Spandrels. Spandrels. Oh, uh, no. No, Spandrels aren't AA. Uh, the, it's the Gaskin? Gopher? No, the hand-mounted, foot-mounted. Oh, uh, sorry. Gre- yes. Uh, Gremlin. Gremlin, yeah. The, yeah, you've got the Gremlins and then two stands of PKM and MGs, a whole load of uh, RPK-7 guys, and then a whole load of just infantry wielding nut jobs, aka wielding nut jobs. Um, how how yeah. many stands in total? Like, once everything's rolled in, like to one uh, unit, is it 27 total? 
I think so. Oh my god. It was a lot. It was, it seemed like it never ending at some points. Um so yes, after I got after they got those finished, I realised that I'm putting off all my airbrushing till next week. Um I'm gonna get my booth set up and once it's set up I'm gonna leave it and just run it for a couple of days. Um so in, in preparation for that I've been building up my World War Two Germans. So I've got a load of Stugs and Panzer Fours and Ferdinands and things that are waiting. So I've got all those guys out, prepped, built, ready to get Great those. Ferdinands. Not grey, no. They're gonna be proper cursed. <laughs> Three color. I thank you very much. Hi, Adam. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, just because I thought, oh, you know what, I fancy doing something different after doing one of those Team Yankee infantry for the, my Polish. So I built my Team Yankee infantry for my Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> All different shades of green. Yeah, and then to be really sadistic, I realised that oh, I've still got my air landing um, squad to do for my Polish. So I built them as well. So. Oh my god. Yeah, I've got another Did... four stands of AKs and four stands of RPGs to do uh, for my Airborne Polish. Did you do the ADATs as well, or were they already built? The ADATs are built pending another two that I picked up in the sale. So I've now got going to have six, <laughs> six ADATs. Six? Yeah, because yeah. they come in sixes as a maximum, yeah. Two, yeah. four, and six are the options. One platoon of six. My it's God. Quite fun. So I was going through and I was looking at the list going, oh, I need some more AA. You need some cannon AA. And I was like, what do I need cannon AA for? I've got six ADATs. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's nothing's happening with that. Yeah. What's uh, anti-tank 23? 22. 20, 22, yeah. 22, yeah. It's in, enough, I think, is the it's uh, answer. It's a T-80 appears. Well, actually, is enough. it? I was going to say, what's the T-80? Uh, for I'm a 20, I think. I'll try a 21. Uh, pretty sure well, that's 20 he said so 22 will still do it you know it's, yeah. better, it's, certainly, it's certainly better than you know the tow missile which is the other option you got in the army yeah um but i've started building uh the m113s to go with the canadian infantry um i never realized oh. quite how nice a kit that is it's a lovely kit yeah they really yeah, a lovely kit i mean it's a little bit you need to be careful make sure you take your time to get all the, you know, your preparation, all your cuts need to be cleaned properly for it to fit together. Right. Um, you know, it's very, most of the battlefront stuff is very unforgiving if you don't properly clean your cuts and you've got a little bit of flash there or, or residue, it'll really, it won't yeah. fit together properly. Which might be what's done on any warriors for me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the new Panthers are the same as that. I got a load of the, the Normandy Panthers and they you've got to really make sure you're carefully scraped back well, where it attaches to the sprue um, to get the best fit. Any anything you don't get rid of will um, will push it out of shape. But then conversely, if you cut too much off, then it's normally really obvious. So you, you get a gap, yeah. Yeah, you just got to be careful and just take your time, um, which is you know a bit frustrating. But for the the finished product's worth it. Um, so yeah, it's just been a case of painting a load of infantry, getting everything all sorted out for my mega airbrush session. Um, all the airbrush. All the airbrush, which will be finishing off my Desert M1 Abrams, all of my Polish Team Yankee vehicles, minus the Heinz. I'm kind of going to leave those, inclined to leave those for a bit. Um, and then obviously crack on with the, I think about 30 
German World War II vehicles I've got. Jeez. Combination of Stugs, Ferdinands, Panzer Panthers. Uh, my two grills I found as well. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's just going to be a mega, right. mega, mega week of painting, which I'm looking forward to. And then every time I, I, I right. every time I finish one, yeah, every time I finish one thing, I kind of go, "Ooh!" It's like just now I was found another five T55s uh, for my um, Egyptians. <coughs> so I've started Did putting you? those together. That's a nice kit as well. Yeah, no, that is lovely. Yeah, I must admit, I bought um, two boxes of T62. So uh, along with the five that Fez gave me ages ago, it's like. Oh, I seem to have inadvertently got myself a T62 formation. Yeah. Oops, how did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been it's been cool. I've been very I've used one pot of my Revel glue. Um I have another full pot of Revel glue and a spare mini one. So I am... This is genuinely worrying me now. This this the the it's not the, the stuff to paint I've got a problem with. It's it's supplies to paint it. Um, yeah, now. no, I'm down to my last can of grey undercoat. Um, yep. Managed to order another couple of cans. I used fur brown, army painter fur brown for my infantry, just yep. so I could, because I hate blocking in basing colours. So I did the whole thing fur brown, which does most of the base and most of the base coat for the infantry to build up off on. Um, but Wayland Games were open for a while and they had some in stock, so I got three cans coming tomorrow. Because <laughs> hmm. I just, I, I'm just I terrified of running out and getting to, yeah, you know, having all this this time and space to do it in, and then not actually needing the core bit. <coughs> the, the I know Games Workshop paints. I saw one uh, bottle of Nolan Oil on eBay the other day for eighteen quid. Oh. Okay. The profiteers are coming yeah, out in these dark times. Yeah. yeah, but all gaming profiteers. I mean, <laughs> Joe, you know it's worth a look at. It's, uh, no, toy shops. Because okay. I was walking through before the close the lockdown. I was going through Chichester, and they yeah. they've, they've got Guildford Comics and Games, not Guildford, um, <laughs> um, Chichester Comics and Games, Coffee Comics and Games. Anyway, there's a comic shop. Does your game does movie <laughs> as well? Which is, you know, right. you, can, you can shop, you go in there, and they've got a big stand, but they were all out of, you know, non oil, Agrat's Earthshade. Um, but the other side of town, there's a toy shop, which also stocked Games Workshop stuff, which happened to have a rack of paints. And it had a mini okay. display, but they were stocked full of all the, the contrasts and shades that you could want. So yeah. uh, if, you ever, if you're struggling to get an online thingy, have a look to see if there's any small independent toy shops who are still delivering. I'll have to check that out. I mean, yeah. I've managed to get some, because I had that awful um, Agrax Earthshade incident where I <laughs> spilled like half a bottle over. Um, I'm all set for lockdown, splush. Yeah. <laughs> there was time yeah. now! <laughs> I was like, oh, for the love of all that's truly, come on. So it wasn't even something, it was something stupid like a I was trying to look at because um, I clipped the uh, lids off a lot of stuff, so I can actually pop the lid off and then put something over the to stop it drying out as as much. Mm-hmm. And I think I clipped it off and I, I went to look at the back of it or something like that, and I tipped it ever so slightly too far. And uh, yeah, oh. genius. 
tipped half a bottle out and went, no, oh, it's all over my sock. Well, it's a very detailed sock. Yeah. It is now, yes. It's all faded. All the folds and crevices of that sock are now really, now really prominent. <laughs> but I found, uh, I think it's Incom Gaming in Gloucester. I think they found they had some. But a lot of the places that I was contacting that said they were open were like, yeah, it's, we can, obviously, it's only whatever we've got on the shelves and what have yeah, you. Okay. If you, we can't order anything in, or if, we, if you want it, you can order it. And then as soon as it's um, in stock again, we'll, we'll ship yeah. it to you. But um, the other thing we, to consider we don't know is... when that's going to be. Exactly, it's that Games Workshop have said that the suppliers who make their paint and switch to they're making hand sanitizer stuff. So, you know, the supply chains get to, to, yeah, switch back. So, how, yeah, been how, quite a how few dare they? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, no, like Warbase is the MDF base manufacturer. They're making visors now with um, Pendragon Games. Yeah, so they're red, churning red out stuff. Doing the, uh, ear relief bits. I don't know if you saw that. No, no, it didn't. yeah, on no. Facebook, they've actually they made a full plastic injection mold for you know the little the this the things that you put the mask loops onto, so it takes it off your ears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they, they've got a place they made a plastic relief mold for that, so just injection molding those one after another after another after another. Um, I think it's amazing. Was, cool. Yeah, it's really amazing. Oh. It's nice to see people step up. I think um I think Army Painter have flipped their factory to making hand sanitizer as well. Yes, yeah. So as long as they don't use all the effort, that's okay. <laughs> Eddie needs his fur brown. That's <laughs> all he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been cool. It's been good to see people just the sheer amount of hobby people are posting on the internet as well. Hmm actually getting into projects and getting stuff finished. Yeah, I've been enjoying going for those um, posts that Chris, um, Chris has been putting up on the, on the two like official groups and just seeing what people are working on. Yeah. It's been quite interesting to see. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. The daily thing, and they've been, they've been you know, promoting that, haven't they? And giving away bits and pieces to people just for cool stuff. Yeah. Cool. Should we go into Officer Answers? I think we should. There's a lot. Um, so, the first one to talk through, <laughs> which we're going to jump the queue a little bit, is from Robert J. Webb, who asks, have the team succumbed to the daily deals, in brackets, or the little voice that says, you could always do with four more? So, Fez, oh. how, how, how's your new resolution holding up? <laughs> yeah, well, you know... Um, <laughs> I didn't put. Have the you played Force Majeure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was the Act of God clause that came in. Um, it's been. I've been really bad. I'm not going to lie. So, I should point out to our listeners that basically about, well, increasingly earlier in the evening, I'm going to say here. Yeah. Usually saying, posting, is it one o'clock yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably about nine or ten o'clock. Everyone starts going. Is it one o'clock yet? I mean, yeah, it's got to be there eventually, right? I could. I could go to bed. Or I could just stay out for a couple of hours and see what's in the uh, daily daily deal. Yeah, I'll just refresh. refresh. I, go, I go to bed about midnight generally, and I've just been thinking, I'll just have an extra hour and just see what comes up. <laughs> yeah. I've got some rotors to paint, I must be And then there was that phase where Team Yankee wasn't appearing, and that was the main thing that was interesting. So I thought, I'll go sleep now. Then, like, two oh, days yeah, later, that's, that's, it went Team Yankee crazy. So it's like... only because... <laughs> only because you've, you've not had... You've got all the German cool kit. 
See, I've 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 managed to avoid most of the mid-war coolness in terms of Hornesis and Hummels and. <sighs> but now, I have many other things. I finally got some Hummels. I've been mean, ever since I started playing to get some Hummels. I finally got some for that sale. Yeah, so, I've been resisting heroically. You're holding heroically. out. You're holding up for the. I am. I, I, I've been tempted a couple of times. I was tempted by the Stukas because only yeah. because I've never ever had them. And I, I went, no, because actually I've never managed to fit them in a list. Mm-hmm. Like, even, you know, just using them into gymnastics, I was like, no, no. stop. <laughs> no. Um, I want some. So I got the anti tank guns because I, I, they were too good to pass up, to be honest. They were, you know, they're normally 30 quid and they were 17 or something ridiculous. So It was a good yeah. deal. I, I, I almost like, came. I was like, okay, I can see that because it also bulge time. That's when they came into their own, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Um, you, there were some heroic bulge, stories. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, there's some bits I definitely want, and I haven't. The, the other thing that I have, I've seen and I've thought about, and then thought, mm, I need the other bits of, to actually put an army together. So I was looking at some of the Soviets, and um, the formation I was looking at was actually the uh, mixed. SU company, so with seventy sixes and one two twos. Yeah. And the problem I had was that if I bought the SU one two twos, I wasn't sure the SU seventy sixes were going to come up. They did, but by that point I hadn't invested in the one two twos, and I thought, yeah. well. Mm. And then I looked at also it was the the Russian rifle company, just the bog standard rifle company was in one of the early deals, wasn't it? Yes. I looked at that and I was like, oh, that's a lot of figures. There's a lot. You get a lot of bang for your buck in that one. Uh-oh. See, I, I was I was very tempted, but then I realised that I'd already already almost gone insane painted the Team Yankee version, <laughs> and I've already got the Rotary yeah. Medsky SMG company waiting yeah. to get done. That, <laughs> I think that might push you over the edge. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, the problem I had as well is I was a bit not knocked because obviously you can't plan for these things. But one of the early deals that came out was the um, YP seven six five, and I went, oh. Yeah, it's always oh. <laughs> but I, you know, I've got them coming out. I think I've got exactly the number I need, so I resisted those as well. And, and it's, it's stuff like that because again, my Soviets and my Dutch from Team Yankee are pretty much done. They're, they're, they're there. I've got all the bits. I just need to get them around, get around to finishing stuff off. Yeah. Because um, I don't want Heinz and things like that. But I don't know. There's, 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 there's certain bits I'm definitely holding out for. And if they, if they do come up, that's they're, they're going in the basket, no problem. They're going in. It's fun though, isn't it? it? It's really cool to see it. I mean, it's just one of those things where you think you you build it up and then go, huh? Oh, oh there's a waste tomorrow. It's a yeah, really clever idea, tomorrow. actually. Um, Joe Wright asks, how prevalent do you think super tanks like the M1A1 Challenger and T80 will be? Um, I, don't think, I don't think you see many in early war. <laughs> no. like, <laughs> Like I was discussing a bit earlier, it's just I think we'll see them as a platoon, either in formation where the formation lets you do it, like say the West Germans or the American Armed Cavalry, or a you know you're at sort of like um, formation support option. Yeah. Um, Because the amount amount they cost, you can't really build an army around them without. Because you're just not not going to lack. Well, mainly the anti-air assets you're going to need protect you against aircraft. And for um, flank protection, you need to stop someone just getting on your side and shoving a sabot around for your, your side armor. 
I I think they could be a bit of a trap in, in the same way that all expensive tanks are. In well, look at World War Two, you know, taking King Tigers and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes they do really well, and sometimes the points just go really quickly because a thunderbolt puts a rocket into you. What well, <laughs> the other thing, in all honesty, is that you're probably paying more for the defence than you are for the gun, right? Because the gun right, yeah. is more than you know capable of taking out anything on the other side, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. That's a pretty fair statement. I, I don't know. I think they look. They look cool. Do you think? Do you think there's a case to be made for um, having like a later period Team Yankee as well? I mean, at that yeah, point. Yeah, but the problem the problem you've got with a later period Team Yankee is that you still have stuff like T55s and T62s. So if you rebalance it for um, 1991, you're still facing an Iraqi army mostly comprised of. T55 and T62. So the horde armies only get hordier, really. <laughs> yeah. More um, horde. Yeah, I think more you just horde. need. I, I, to be honest, I think it come they come to their own when you play on those the bigger boards and also the boards without, you know, the non-urban boards. Yeah. You it's know, open, there's also an interesting dynamic because the M1A1 has it's got full stabilizers, right? So it can move and fire rate of fire too. And it's no slower than any other Abram, so you've got a lot of armor moving very quickly. Exactly, which is completely different play style to your normal yeah. King Tiger. I think so. I think the Abrams is going to do the best of them. I think the T80 on the Soviet side will probably be very similar because I imagine that will also have a better stabilizer. And again, being a gas turbine-powered tank will be very fast. Yeah. Um, stuff like the Challenger, Challenger, which you know, really more a static tank. Um, I say that because people get a bit hung up on the whole drop to rate of fire one, but as a Soviet player, you kind of get used to that. Yeah. Um, it's like it's not like the, the challenger when on the move is getting any less deadly. It's just having to rate of fire. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd be surprised if we see whole armies of them. I think we'll probably see them as support platoons. I think there'll still be a plate. Personally, I am still going to stick with the um, IPM one. I think that is in the sweet spot of having arm protection for a 105mm gun. It's still lethal on the flanks. So I've got the mobility in that tank to get the flank. I've got numbers. I'm, I'm ha- an IPM1 is half the cost of an M1A1 HC. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is I shouldn't have built all of my Abrams as M1A1s. Well, because if you go M1A1 rather than M1A1HC, I think they're 15 ta- points versus 18 points attack. They've got slightly oh. less front armour. So it should be okay. But... Oh, okay. Is the HC the better? So HC is, the, is like um, the version that goes to the Gulf War because it's got the depleted uranium mesh in its armour. Right. Um, so because it's an extra level of protection against kinetic rounds, not just heat rounds that Cobb gives you. Okay. I should, I, I should qualify it. Cobham gives you protection versus kinetic rounds, but um, it's mainly a heat. And then, like I said, the, the heavy armour version, the M1, just like turns that to 11. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but this goes to 11. Right? Yeah, that's fine, because yeah. it's, it's complete uranium, so it's not radioactive, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Why are my testicles glowing? <laughs> <laughs> it's alpha radiation, it's fine, just don't breathe it in. Um, <laughs> but it's... So, yeah, I... It's, I th- so obviously, I think the U.S. Marine Corps were using the bog standard M1A1. I think there might even be some army units were still M1A1s or M1A1HCs. Okay. And in Desert Shield, the first units to get there had the IPM1, the 105 version. They got replaced before Desert Storm starts. 
So my army sort of thing around Desert Shield, like, what if somebody competent in the Iraqi force had worked out, you've hit the airfields of chemical weapons and it would be halfway to, um, halfway to ride there before they even do anything. So it's like, uh, yeah. try war game that scenario. Nice. Cool. Mm. Um, on a similar theme, Stephen Brugge asks, with Team Yankee version 2 out for a while now, and the new Brit book sitting, setting a trend with super main battle tanks, what would your best Soviet Afghanistan list look like? And what about an Iraqi list? I think a leaf blower list is still a leaf blower list. It's, it's, the only thing it's got yeah. is that it's, it's, yeah, it's a Soviet air that has the ability to defeat frontally these heavy tanks' armour. And hey, I need to worry about frontally because I can get in your ass and really kill you. So, <laughs> so I think uh, a leaf blower list. And the other thing is, if you were to make an army based around these heavy tanks, you're not going to have the points of both infantry and decent air defence. No, so, so I think the leaf blower list only gets more prominent in dealing with these heavy armour forces. Because you're either spending the time dealing with the helicopters or yeah. the infantry are running at you on the foot. Yeah. Uh, I think even if, even if you just run a... Don't go full leaf blower. Um, just go like a, a full platoon of six hinds and a full platoon of six C25s. You'll, you'll have enough guys left, especially with the way the new morale rules work for air, after the enemy fires its first barrage of SAMs at you, whatever survives then takes out the enemy air, anti-air, and then from that point on, it just, you just ride roughshod. Cause, I mean, Dylan's Hines ate me up every single time I played him, because my two little blowpipes just got... Oh, he actually just charged them down. He did, oh, he got the two blowpipes. Well, I'm going <laughs> to charge at you on the basis that... I should still have two hinds survive. <laughs> Unfortunately, my guys went at ah, a hind and ran a, basically fought their shot and then died horribly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then he uses missiles, just open up the 14.5 chain gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Gatling gun, sorry. But yeah, so, uh, so yeah, Afghanistan is probably the way forward. Um, obviously, TAT and the Sturm, which is the, you know, their anti-tank missile launcher, are both good options against them as well. And TAT really needs to get on the flanks, but you've got that mobility to do it. Mm. And what's the second part? Iraqis? The second yes. part of the question, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think you'd be probably looking at a big block of T-62s um, backed up by BMP-1s, and then you try and get some T-72s to act as a flanking force and get the flank, like say, put a 125mm fin round into the enemy's flank. They've got some interesting options there, haven't they, the Iraqis? Yeah. They've got the French helicopters and... Now. <laughs> the hot missile is gonna, I mean, it's, it's been the go-to. It will start struggling because 23 versus front armour 21. You know, you're not quite fishing for ones, but you're not far off. But it's still better than nothing. I mean, that's why I did swing fires for my British was just to give me that high end versus the T-80. The just, in, just in case, yeah. Just an extra thing that fires out a missile, basically. So, how many T fifty fives do I have to have for my Iraqi company? <laughs> the answer would uh, be all of them. All of them. Thirty one. Yeah. They're not that expensive, are they? No, I mean, I uh, yeah. point each. Point each, basically. So, you go for a full a full battalion of thirty one tanks. That's only thirty one points. <laughs> oh, that just smells like T thirty fours and my for fate of a nation. Yeah, you can't kill, you can't kill us all. <laughs> yeah. Enough of my guys are getting the flank. They promise their front their um, motivation force. So once if you concentrate your fire, 
But if, if the American player is dumb enough to go all Abrams, you'll do well. If the American player has a platoon of these yeah. supported by, you know, US Marine infantry holding the flanks, but like most raids did yeah. in Foan. Uh, Humvees and things <laughs> like that. If I can keep you back, you can't risk charging my infantry because I've got enough, um, you know, anti-tank because you've got bazooka skirts. And then I can just keep you back and pick you off at range with my, with my assets sitting far back. But, um, yeah, it's... I think the horde, you know, the horde will win out as long as the enemy, if the enemy isn't sensible about how they protect against the horde by securing their flank and having the skirmish screen effectively of light stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Just stop looking at that. That's dangerous. Okay, next question. <laughs> looking at Iraqis. Yeah, well, I was just like, well, I've got a lot of desert T-55s already. Well, I think a lot of people have done that. They, you know, they're using the Egyptians as stand-ins for Iraqis because the colour schemes aren't terribly different. Yeah, exactly. The squads aren't terribly different. It all works quite nicely. Oh, don't yeah. tell them. Well, no, I just need to get the card pack. Hey, <laughs> it'd be nice to justify one painting all these desert Brits, you know. It's a humble up for it. Well, that's what I was thinking because I was like yanks. seeing a lot of desert... Yeah, a lot of desert... Um, what do you call it? Allies. Armies. NATO. Yes. And my Jeeps and M1 Abrams and stuff. So, yeah. Um, still a team Yankee mindset. Chris Evans asks, given the standardization of some NATO nations to use similar equipment to others, will we see the likes of the Danes, Belgians, Italians and Greek formations entering the fray? I think Pete I alluded know. to the Danes and the Belgians coming at some point, an expanded free nation list. Well, the Belgians shouldn't be that different. No, cause already yeah, because it's basically out, leopard, right? leopard ones, scorpion. It's all it's all stuff that's out basically a mix of British, West German, and American get. I think the Danes are a little bit more different, aren't they? They still got leopards, but yeah, but there's they some unique stuff about them in the, in the infantry. Yeah. I think, I think I'd say uh, it gets back to what Fez was saying about Pete, Pete being a bit coy about some things, but it, it seemed to be alluding to the whole. Um, Sort of northern front being looked at with the Swedish and the Danes, that kind of thing. So, who knows? Well, <clears throat> they've invested in Team Yankee, haven't they? Now, like again, there's yeah. there's been a, a a push. So I can't see why they wouldn't continue to just expand. And they can Is only he... expand so far with US and U, USSR. So exactly, you know, you can still you can expand that doing different theatres. Like um, I still want to see like doing North Korea, North Korea face off um oh, but also like um the african you know, but the african bush wars can fit in the, in the time scale as well especially for checkpoint charlie so um yeah there's lots you can do with it and still expand into real wars and they did like him they did with the iran iraq war the oil war book where you have it's the team yankee universe but here's a page explaining how to do all, the actual iran iraq war kind of thing yeah mm. ah, nice. and james blair asks Hi guys, I'm starting to build some Anzacs for Team Yankee. I want to add more stowage. Anywhere apart from Battlefront, you'd recommend for getting the stuff from? I think I wrote an article on this, didn't I? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, it's, it's so Skytrex have always been my go-to for, for um, stowage. They do a good general stowage kit. Yeah. Um, S&S models do some stowage. They do some very nice duffel bags and Bergens. A company called Vecine, 
don't do do some do some things no one else does, which is ammo tins and spare Milan like Milan style rounds, like the tubes. So I got I bought I bought some of those to go on my Milan teams just to make it look like the second guy is doing something. Um, yeah, so those are the ones I, I recommend straight off the top of my head. Those three, but a lot of it is like you know, a lot of stuff I scratch build, like the, like the cool boxes and the smaller tins and that kind of thing. I was saying the scrim nets and things you've done with um, doing stuff with rock. Yeah, yeah. That's Aaron's um, how to on the Battlefront website, which is a real one that's worth read. Nice. And they they've come out lovely, haven't they? I like the scrim nets because they're they're very British. They've, they've, it's the most effective scrim nets I've done. It's those ones. They really have, like I say, it really captures the look of them. Especially the Challenger one I've got that's got it going all the way around it, basically. Just come mm. off a real photo. Uh, Rafael Antonio Andriguez asks, Ooh, thoughts on Valentine Tank Company for mid-war Flames of War? Which, which country? He said company, so I'm going to presume he means allies, because it would always be a battalion, surely, wouldn't it? For the British, yeah. 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 Um, I've, so I faced them at both Fez's tournament and Dunkerton's, the desert yeah. tournaments. And they, I mean, they were guys using Germans, and they were quite hardy beasts to deal with. But it did feel a bit like, I can't, you kill you, and you can't kill me at some point. Because yes. yeah, they've still only got a two pounder, haven't they? Yeah. That's the, the, the big drawback, I guess, is that you're not going to be knocking at stuff. Was it seven, eighty-seven? Yeah. I mean, it, I think with the more Eastern Front books coming out, that it might have dropped off in its ability because you've got to worry about KV tanks, that kind of thing more. And if you worry about blue and blue, and the KV tanks and Churchill's going to be a thing you have to worry about killing. Yeah. It does work against Axis versus Allies uh, in, in formats because, yeah. like I say, West Ger- uh, sorry, West Germans, the Germans themselves are, um, you know, they haven't really got high end armor unless they bring a tiger along. Generally, it'll be a tiger with friends. And it, it did really well versus the armored car list because it's just like the armored cars can't do anything versus it. The Marders, the Marders, and firing at it, and you've got a chance on a six basically to turn around. There's quite a lot of... I'll say my experience with them is that I think they've, they've done quite well as a platoon in both a, a Allied or a Soviet force. Yeah. Or two platoons with the Soviets. I think that's probably where they shine because they've got then other friends around them. I think you'd have to... You'd definitely need something to dig out infantry. You'd need some way of taking out or taking on um, tank relies. I don't know what you've got in the British Army to really do that, though, have you? And in mid-war, you've got the 70 pound of... Yeah, yeah, the... the um, Pleasant. Yep. And that's it. And that's a Yankee Tank 12. It's got the original APC armour, ammo. Yeah, the Brits struggle with that high-end tank in mid-war. Late-war, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think they're very good anti-infantry tanks as well, aren't they? Because the side armor is such that you can just roll into an assault and not have to worry about bales or anything. Yeah. So um, I think from that, that perspective, I don't think do they, I don't think you need infantry support really. Which would be it being into a support tank, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the irony. 
Um, and any new releases that we are looking forward to? Um, I think it's quite a few this year. I mean, both Team Yankee releases I'm looking forward to. Midwar power is more for completeness, just so I can just do use my powers in midwar. Yeah. Um, bad grace. SS book I can get. I can largely pass by, but hey, it's there. And the bad gration stuff I'm really looking forward to. Like say with some of the Soviet stuff coming out. So I've got Soviets and I've got enough T thirty four eighty five turrets fully outfit my army. So. Cut it from the bin like some people do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um. I'm looking forward to the Minor Allies book yep. for Axis. The Hungarians and Finns and Romanians and just for some uh, variety more than anything in, in the Allied stuff. Uh, sorry, Axis stuff. Yeah, the Finns are always a good one to go to. I think I've cool. got, got a player who might come back into a fold off the back of the mid-war Finn list, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um... Stop. Sorry, I was going to say, what were you, Eddie? You got anything? Oh, just everything. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, usual hobby crack pipe drawing yeah. deep. Um, <laughs> drawing deep. No, the Bagration stuff because I get some shiny, get to use my shiny German kit um, along with the ice twos again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, proper, proper pounces would be nice. Um, Scott Atkinson asks, what is the best bang for buck Soviet Team Yankee tank force? 62s, 64s or 72s or should he wait for T-80s? I think if you're doing bang for buck um, there'll be right, well, if you're looking at bang per point, it'd be T-62M I think, mainly because it has um a stabiliser, so it hasn't got slow firing like most T-62s. Yeah. It can fire, it's got the missile, it's got anti-tank 21, it's armoured slow, but you've got quite enough of them, you don't have to worry about it. Um, but T-80 will be the other way, so, you know, bang per pound. It could be a nice, compact force yeah. for a high-end tank. Yeah. It's got enough armour to stop a Milan missile, which most of will be firing at you. I think the problem is mm-hmm. the T-72 really suffers from the Soviets and it's just like a fairly meh tank. It's just like, it's not that much better than, say, a, T- a T-62 and the T-64 and the stabiliser make, and it's better armour, make that much better than the T-72. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not cheap enough and it's not good enough. No. Was well, the T-72M, in the, you know, he's jumped that, right in the right spot, yep. I think. Um, cool, they're all very so here we go Cameron John Acton Bartlett asks what would your ideal Soviet armour and or infantry list be for late war Soviet armour late war um, IS-2s <laughs> IS-2s I think yeah is two really? seems like I think it's, yeah, it's a breakthrough tank I think it's pretty good you back it up with let's say some ISG-122s or something like that for a tank but how they are on stats. But um, I think a T, I think mass T thirty four eighty five might be quite interesting. I can't see why uh, it won't was, be. That was brutal in um, the first games, first V four yeah. games. Well, like, that's 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 going to be my go to. I think if I do do Soviets, it's just going to be T thirty four eighty fives because everyone's dangerous then. Yeah. 
It's like, uh, no, it's, um, you haven't got hen chicks to worry about. The, the gun is, acting tank 12 is going to do most things. Yeah. And if it won't do yeah. most things from the front, it'll certainly do most things from the side. And you're quicker now. Is it arm Moves across the board now. Uh, well, they, they, no, bizarrely, they were, like most, a lot of things, they went down in the armour in version 4, so in fact being for armour 6. Hmm. Um, I presume it will stay that way, and this is a late version of the T4, 3485, where they changed some, I don't know. But again, like I say, armour 6 is still better than nothing in late war. And, it's, and it's yeah. your speed your speed is your real your real armour. You get hot from cover to cover and then pounce at the last minute. <laughs> And finally, Chris Tempest asks, when we will see when will we see four plus to hit units on the Soviet side? I think it's talking about Team Yankee here because he says, and will Battle Front release any NATO irregular forces that are hit on three plus? Um my my I think the thing that might stop it is this whole thing of trying not to invalidate previous cards. So, because yeah. I think there's a case here, but obviously the tank should be aggressive. That's just the whole Soviet doctrine is you win the least amount of casualties by being aggressive rather than being cautious. And it's just be stuff like the artillery and spandrels and that which should be hit on fours because they're more cautious by nature of what they do. Yeah. Um, so I think that whole we're not invalidating previous cars. I don't think we're going to see it. I might be proven wrong wrong on that, but. I, I just think it doesn't. What about? I think. Sorry. I was say, what about something like the the Marines or uh, uh, elite special like infantry units? So I think that they might have a better hit um, hit value in assaults, but they're to hit on is totally okay. based on the fact they're aggressive and not cautious. They, you know, okay. spet, spet nabs would be cautious, but like something like Marines or their gunsty are, are by their nature. Hit you in the face and keep punch through, kind of force. Yeah, you don't care. You can see it's coming. In fact, we like yeah. it because it means you're more scared. It's it's, okay. it's as someone explained to me once with the whole Soviet doctrine. They basically look at the outcome of World War Two and go, any time you stop, right back, you know, do you know courses advances, artillery, that kind of thing, the war goes on longer and you suffer more casualties in the long run. Whereas if you have not quite a blase attitude, but something a more focused, aggressive attitude. Yes, you'll take more cash in the short term, but in the long term, you'll have less because you end the war quicker. Yeah. Okay. So the answer to that is probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Pro- what about irregular? Irregular. Uh, so I kind of agree with that one because I, I, I'm kind of surprised that some of the NATO are a bit better than I feel sometimes they should be. Like The West Germans being the same skill, being skill free plus when they're largely. A conscript, yeah, it's a conscript yeah. force. Yes, it's got an NCO call, which I mean, it's probably better than say um, a Soviet. Well, it gets back to Battlefront a lot cleverer now in version four how they do things. So, if if we're doing Team Yankee from scratch, I think you'd have like the Soviets would have a five plus skill value for ta- for tactical orders. Yeah, they'd have a higher skill for doing stuff like assaults. They just didn't, they didn't quite have that when they first started doing it. Similarly, you might have like um, the Germans have a lower skill but have a higher order because they have this NCO core and officer core to back it up. Um, like the Dutch were, uh, no, Dutch were again a very territorial force backed up by the only only one to have a union basically for its army. So it's kind of surprising they are 
on par with skills, say the Americans. The Americans, yes, they're in the post-Vietnam doldrums, but they're still a all all volunteer force with a tremendously skilled um, and experienced um, NCO corps and officer corps. You know, you've got you know, guys guys who hung over from Vietnam. There's still a few guys who probably saw Vietnam. You know, they've got Granada, Panama kind of thing. So it's like surprising to me that everything in those guys is skill four. It's like you'd be thinking, well, surely some of the Marines who might sort in some action, that kind of thing, would be skill three plus. And even the Brits being skill three, I'm going to piss off a lot of, sorry, piss off a lot of people here listening to us. <laughs> um, it's like, okay, we're skill, you're skill three, you know, we're skill three because maybe the infantry, because on the, you know, they were blooded in Falklands, they learned the lessons, that kind of thing, but. No, but tankies do a lot of practicing, but practicing when you get you so far, it's like, unless you had shots fired at you, it's like how um, version four is going more. Like the British paras aren't veteran because, you know, yes, they were highly trained, but this is their first combat kind of thing. Yeah. It is to ask me why the Americans don't get that, so I can answer it. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's I, I, I think... If we were to start team making from scratch, it's saying a lot of things would you change now. I think that they sort of hamstrung themselves by saying we're not going to invalidate books and cards. I can I can appreciate why they say that, but it, it limits your options of what you can do to rebalance things. That was an officer answers. Whoa, there you go. That's it. That's, That's it. Questions. Interestingly, a lot of Soviet, both flames yeah, and team and a lot of team Yankee stuff. Hmm. I think, like I said, a lot of it's off the back of the Twitch um, thing as well, which is good. So yeah, oh, good fun. Yeah, enjoy that. Totally not looking at uh, Egyptian, not Egyptian, uh, Iraqis, Iraqi T sixty two company, T fifty five companies. Just remember, Fez, if if you do Iraqis, you can use that AMX thirty artillery piece. So if you see the French AMX thirty box come on the daily deals, yeah, <laughs> I've got sold on the weird, crazy stuff. I do like the idea of really? a T-54 horde. Yeah, it's just reusing all the Soviet kit, basically. They make, yeah. you can, you can, that'll get you quite far. In it. It'll do Syrians as well, for, if you want to play Israelis as well. Yeah, well, no, I've got, well, obviously using it for my Egyptians. Mm. Um, right. So okay. another thing for this list. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> at, least it's, at least it's reusing stuff you already got. That's it's, it's, more where I'm going with it. It'll be yeah. cool to... Be able to get them on the battlefield. For, you can sort of use the Heinz you got for you when your Warsaw Pact army, so the Heinz for the Iraqis. You got all the um, tanks, for, like say your, your Egyptian stuff and the infantry. Yeah. It all, it all kind of works. Get a box of ads. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got, well, you got your BTRs. It does mean I need to double up on my uh, Shilkers. Well, unfortunately, just missed that daily deal. I know. That's what I was kicking myself <laughs> for. Oh, the Israeli one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Soviet might want might not come around still. But then again, the Syrian T fifty four tank battalion box, which gives you nine T fifty fours and two Shilkers mm-hmm. or fifty odd quid. I think I think Dyson had one of those in its shell, so that reopens it might be worth a look. <laughs> I'll email them now. No. <laughs> I'll email them now. Hobby crack. Um this is the problem with you with a lot of time in your hands, Eddie. It is. It has been. I've had to consciously make sure I do actually start doing my hobby. 
It's all right. So I normally kind of go out, and then I go find a box, and then I find a load of stuff that I've forgotten I've got, and then I'm going to go, oh, I should really actually start building and painting this. I think you've got to start something and see it through to the end, like, like you've done with the building. So you've got everything you want to paint built. Yes. And well, no, next step is paint everything all the time. Yeah, I know, but one small steps, small steps. Small steps. I know. I know. How do you eat the elephant? You just, just hinge um, your whole, just hinge your jaw and just eat the whole thing at once, right? Is, is this, this is being recorded, isn't it? it um, is. I respectfully decline. <laughs> is, is that slang, right? How do you eat the elephant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not an elephant. It hasn't got it's, it's just, it's, 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 is this something you overheard while in Monty's meat grinder <laughs> on the Thursday night? Oh, I like that T-shirt. I'm going to have to get one of them. It might, I think it might make me smile through the sunglasses. I, I'm going to put an order for like the Run, GM, Run GMC T-shirt, that and the um, Fox and Marksman. Fox and Marksman. So, for those listening to this and somehow not aware, we have got um, a T-shirt store and we have some new designs in for Team Yankee and for um, the British... Yep, we'll, we'll uh, take requests as well. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right, have you got your big box of dice? I have. I just I, while I was talking, I just chose one out. I picked one out. What have we got? Uh, Gurkhas. Ooh. Yeah, so you've got the curry curries. Yeah. That's definitely gonna be three plus, right? Oh, it's British. Well, it's... I'd like to see mm. if it. British used to it'd be three plus, in the, might even be two plus in the salts, don't they? But I, but British tend to be um, just trained, don't they? On the orders. That's true. But this is a shoot and shoot test, isn't it? It's a shoot yeah, and shoot so test. Be, be on train, not assault. Before up, yeah. Before up, mm. okay. Let's go. It's a four. Literally scraped it. Scraped through. Oh, shot, shot and Scott with the Scott cookeries. Shot the Scott. And being Gurkhas, they probably shot, um, scooted forward to get closer to hit him next time. So. <laughs> exactly. Valid tactic. Valid tactic. <laughs> Drive the me armored, closer. The Armoured Train Wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk has brought you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and the constant terror of running out of hobby supplies. That's a known oil. Yeah. See, yeah, we're talking about like, um, petrol fu- oil futures. Non oil futures. That's what next trading to <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, but that's like saying, um, you know, uh, a can opener is good against beans. I think anything's good against Italians, isn't it?
Like, clearly, your man is trying to eat a tin of beans without, without ever having a tin opener. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they've got like convenient ring pools now. Oh, you buy expensive ones. Jeez, you made money? <laughs> well, I don't buy... Uh, I hate like, beans Look, are one when of those you, things When you buy you... the 13p Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's Basics, they don't come oh, with like, a no. Oh, no. Don't do that to do yourself. You do you remember when they had um beans is beans. beans? Oh no, 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 they're not. They're not. They're really not. Do you remember Tesco Valley two, three P beans? 